0: a delight to be back at the church today and i believe that the lord will minister what he has prepared for all the hearts and the souls and the minds and the spirits this morning and those of you who have come with an expectation the spirit of god's deep desire is that He knows the depths and He plums our hearts. And He will not leave you this morning without receiving a touch from the Lord Himself. And it has been my experience over the last many years to be led and to be guided in the Spirit of God. And to have a life so lived that... That the ordinary, mundane lives that we all live can be guided in the power and in the might of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps it's a subject uh, not much talked about in much of our churches. And Francis Chan, the man of God, written a book called The Forgotten God, in which he actually talks about the fact that the third person of the Trinity has been the forgotten God, so to speak. Never been talked, never been referred to. But without the Spirit of God, there is no life. I want to take you this morning to an incident that happened in Syria. Many, many years ago. You see, we always hear about these wars and these attacks perpetrated by the world of Islam. And along the lines and the borders of Lebanon, there was a young woman who was trapped between the fighting forces and being evicted from the village. She ran with the children while her husband was killed in the ensuing melee. Deprived of the basic necessities of life, these people, refugees, who huddled around in tents, And it so happened there was a day when she had nothing to eat, no water, no food, and the children were crying, and they were in the middle of a war zone. And you know much of the Middle Eastern world follows a different religion. That night, as she was in the tent, overcome by a deep sense of desolation, a deep sense of being... Left out, a deep sense of rejection, a deep sense of misery that was clouding her and the children, now with the loss of a husband. She always wanted to end her life. What do you do when you're caught in the crossfires of a war zone? And that night she said, I will never forget because as I was about to lie down and I sort of lay my head On the concrete floor there, she felt somebody walking inside of the tent and she could feel a hand resting on her shoulders and she woke up, she was startled to see somebody was standing there tall in brightness of a glory that she couldn't even with her naked eye lock with it. And the man in the bright clothing said to her, I have seen your tears. I have watched your misery. And I will send my people. And they will come. And they will tell you about who I am. She had seen the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Walking inside of the tent. And placing his hands over her shoulder. And reminding her that you are not alone. I have been watching all this. The day after that. A group of Christian volunteers who were actually going in that region to give aid were led into this particular tent. And as they walked in with supplies and she said, I knew somebody would come into this tent because I saw a man. He was in absolute brightness. And he said he will send his people to talk to me. They said, oh, wow, you have been so fortunate this is the God of this universe. This is the God that we worship. And he's called Jesus. And he has touched you. And she said, please tell me more about him. And at that very moment, as they began to explode to her and open the scriptures, she said, there was a presence in the midst of that tent. And it was the spirit of God that was taking over a mind, soul, and spirit. And that even in the darkest moments of her life, that the Spirit of God descended into that tent. And I want to tell you, outside of this nation here and I know God is at work in many parts of the Western world, in pockets and places, and in, there's, a, there's a remnant or crying out for the things of God and, 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 and to walk deeper and, 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 to, and to be drawn closer. To God and to the Spirit of God. But I have to tell you, the Holy Spirit is moving in might and in power around the world. He is. And it would be to your own disappointment if you miss it. It would be truly to your own disappointment if you miss it. Because the spirit of God is the one that is now present, which activates everything of heaven to us. Because the Lord Jesus Christ himself said, I will leave, I will leave. But the comforter will come. He will come and he will lead you and guide you into all areas of truth. And this Spirit of God is richly and in power and in demonstration is moving around the world, touching, quickening lives and drawing them closer to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. My own family has been a witness to that. And I don't go places without the Lord's Spirit guiding me because what? why would you want to be doing life Without the spirit of God leading you, guiding you, keeping you. You know why? Because we are spirit beings encased in these jars of clay. And it is in your spirit man that you connect with God. The inner man. You see when God made the first man Adam in the garden of Eden. He sculpted the most fantastic being that could ever be you see everything god spoke into existence he said let there be stars let there be sun but when it came to making man god went into work took the mud and he fashioned it and until the spirit of god until god breathed his very own breath into adam's nostrils it was only a sculpture, it was only a clay, and then the Bible says, "Then Adam became a living being. See, until the Spirit of God enters inside of you, you're still clay. You have nothing within you. The, the breath of God, that primordial breath. Of God. The spirit of God. That was breathed into Adam's nostrils. Granted him life. And he became a living being. And to this very day. Every breath that you and I take. Sitting even now. At this very moment. Is coming from God. God could just snap you like that. Because he has all the power. Do you know. That your life literally hangs on to the mercies of God. And what are you doing with this life? God has entrusted to you. In The book of Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. It says, you know, the entire book of Zechariah, the minor prophets. These minor prophets had major messages. (laughs) Because in the book of Zechariah, you will see. How the people of God were retreating, tired, working things in their own hands, and they couldn't persevere. Until in the vision, God speaks and says, the most famous verse in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. What was it? Not by might, not by might. Nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. It is not in the might. It is not in the power. It is not in the machinations of all our wisdom and all our cleverness. And in all our teaching and in all our knowing and in all our understanding. In all our human wisdom. It is not in might; it is not by power, but by my spirit. But by my spirit. Oh, this is the forgotten message which needs to be talked about because everything that happened in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ was because of the Spirit of God. You know, in the book of chapter, Luke chapter 4, you see beautifully the working of the Holy Spirit. And why am I so passionate about this? Because it says in Luke chapter 4 and in verse 14, and Jesus returned to Galilee... Not in mere might or in power. It says, and Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. In the human form, if the Lord himself is telling us that his very own life was governed and led in the Spirit. And Jesus returned to Galilee before the starting of his public ministry. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through all the surrounding district. A life governed by the Spirit of God will be a life that will be full of Of the presence of God. And where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. The mark of a life. Governed by the spirit. Is a life. Which will be. In the demonstration. Of the power of God. And it will also be a life. That will be occupied. And preoccupied. With the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. Truly, when you are in the Spirit of God, you will be preoccupied with the Lord Jesus Christ. God, our God, is a Trinitarian God. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You can pick and choose. Our God is a Trinitarian God. What is it like? What is it? What does it look then to be actually walking in the Spirit? One of the preachers had an interesting illustration about this. Listen to this. You know, walking in the Spirit brings ultimately intimacy with God. For example, in movie theaters, the films are shown on large screens so that the picture is visible to all moviegoers are usually more than a few feet away. They see the picture, but from a distance. However, in 3D movies, moviegoers are given special glasses. Looking at the film with these glasses creates a different viewing experience altogether. The pictures leap off the screen and seem close enough to touch. For many Christians, God seems to be a Destined being. He's way out there in the heavens. We know he created the sun, the stars, the moon, and the universe. We believe in God. We love God. We talk about him. But it, when it comes to a 3D experience, it doesn't seem close enough to touch. Walking in the Spirit magnifies. Our experience with God. And it allows us to see Him with special lenses, so to speak. In a sense, it allows us to have a 3D experience. To see Him, to touch Him, to feel Him, to experience Him, to have Him live and work in and through the Spirit. Oh. Praise to the glory and to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's not a week, there's not a day that goes by in all of my experiences as I go back and forth to India every year. Those who come to the Lord Jesus Christ in visions and dreams and in supernatural orchestrations, they're all led by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God takes over their lives I remember people, I used to go to this prayer prayer meetings in India. And uh, all these people who have come to the Lord are from Hindu backgrounds and Muslim backgrounds. So they're literally running away from their parents and their families because of persecution and social ostracism. and, And they'll have to gather secretly in places without anybody's knowledge. And I would find myself in such groups. I will never forget the story of a woman there who once came to this meeting and nobody knew who she was, but she very quietly came and sat in the back. The lights were out because nobody wanted to make sure. In fact, that particular place where the prayers were happening, they would literally close all their windows and, you know, to just make sure that nobody's watching them because if they were about to be watched and seen by the people outside, they'll be in big trouble. So very secretly, people will be gathering to pray. I will always rush early to be in that meetings. And this young lady came in, and she was from a Hindu background. And as the prayers was going on, and the man who was leading the prayer was sort of leading in the power of the Holy Spirit. Intense, intercessory prayers, prevailing prayers. Prayers that were being groaned out so to speak, because there, when you become a Christian, you have to literally put your life on the fire. That's it. Your, your life is done. Either you're with God or not, either with Jesus or not. There's no, there's no in between. They don't even have that option there. That's how deep they have to hold on to Jesus. And after the prayer meeting sort of came out, it was over in the evening. You know, the prayer starts in the morning and gets over in the evening. All day long. It's a fasting prayer meetings. You should come and see how these prayers happen. Weeping, travailing, asking. Lord, we need you. We need. We wanted to know where she was from. And she said, the, the, the leader was leading this, asked her, where are you from? She said, uh, I am from a neighboring town. But how did you know her address? I had a vision. In the vision, God showed your house, your address. You also gave me your phone number. <laughs> the acts of the apostles are being lived out. I was in the middle of it. We were startled because she was about to commit suicide because she was challenging her gods, the Hindu gods, to intervene because she had lost a lot in life and she was in the throes of ending her life. And so, so she had Threw, threw a challenge out to her gods. If you don't appear to me, I'm going to kill myself. And that night, she saw Jesus appearing. And the Lord Jesus gave to her specific directions to come to this place. And she found a way. Weeks and months, she would come and show up. And the Bible was new. And, this, and Jesus was new. And... They would take the Bibles and read and read and for hours and pray. And they just wanted to be bathed and soaked in the presence of God. That is missing in America. We are only paying lip service to God. You pay lip service to God. And that's what you and that's how you'll get back from God. Nothing more. Nothing more. Anybody who draws near to God, God will draw near to them. You run away from God, you're going to miss Him. Oh, week after week, the prayer meetings will be happening and the things of the Holy Spirit being spoken and the person of the Lord Jesus Christ being lifted, being highly lifted. We'll never forget those days, never forget those And even to this day, Such is the orchestration of the life of the ordinary believer who walks in extraordinary power of the presence of God, being led and being governed by the Spirit of God. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And when he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, it was a Sabbath day. And in verse 17, you know, prophetically, the Lord Jesus Christ is fulfilling the Messianic prophecy. He takes the book of the prophet Isaiah, which was handed to him. And he opened the book and found the place where it was written. And this is what Jesus read. If you have never seen it. It is in red letter words. Verse 18 says... This is how it begins. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Oh, the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. People ask, are these the words of Jesus? Yes, it is in the Scriptures. Jesus is saying, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Is the Spirit of the Lord on you? Servant of God, child of God, do you have the Spirit of God leading, guiding, keeping, filling? Because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, He has sent me to proclaim a release to the captives and recovery of sight. To the blind. To set free those who are oppressed. Without the Spirit of God, there is no anointing. And without the anointing of God, there is no real ministry. There is no releasing of the captives. Everything happens when the Spirit of God. When the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because He anointed me. And then He says... He sent me to proclaim release to the captives being anointed by the Spirit of God. Jesus enters into the ministry releasing the captive setting free those who are caught in bondage. That Spirit of God is active today. That Spirit of God is here today and those who by faith appropriate Him will receive Him. Some of us Go to church for years. Locked in the bondage of religiosity. Some of us are locked in the bondage of Christianese, Christian lingo, Christian language. But there is no power. There is no experience of the deeper things of God. And that's why your soul, your mind, your heart is dry, barren. How much? Do you take God seriously? Oh, I pray that you will have the deeper experiences with the things of God. To the church in Laodicea in the book of Revelation, the Spirit of God gave a revelation. And every church spoken of in the Revelation, it says at the end of the words coming from the heaven, it says, He that had." He is to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. You cannot be a lukewarm Christian. Either you'll be hot or cold. Lukewarm people feel very secure because they attend church. Because they made a profession of faith at age 12. Typical stories, we hear that. They were baptized. They come from a Christian family. The old Republican. Or they live in America. Look when people do not live by faith, their lives are structured, so they never have to. They don't have to trust God if something unexpected happens, because they have their savings account. They don't need God to help them, because they have their retirement plan in place. They don't genuinely seek out what life God would have them live, because they have their life figured and mapped out. They don't depend on God on a daily basis, because their refrigerators are full. And for the most part, they are in good health. The truth is, their lives wouldn't look much different if they suddenly stopped believing in God. The truth is, their lives wouldn't look much different if they suddenly stopped believing in God. Oh, you don't want to be a lukewarm person. You want to be hot. You want to be on fire for the things of God. We need men and women in this country who can unabashedly say, I want the things of God. I want my mind to be set on things that are above. I want my affections to be on heavenly things. This is a temporary place. Is your heart yearning and longing for those deep things of God? Because in your heart there is an ache. There's a hunger. And i have sensing that in many, many places as I go. Hearts are hungry. Asking, desiring. You come and ask that the Holy Spirit would fill you, lead you, guide you. What does the Holy Spirit do at the end of the day? He will take you very close to the heart of God. He will exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, there will be the power of God Working in and through you, and at the same time, the Lord Jesus will also be exalted. He will be lifted high. You know, three men in the Bible, three young men in the in the Old Testament give us a fantastic model, a great peek into what a life should look like if you have actually thrown your life onto God. And unabashedly, you want to follow the things of God, especially in a politically correct culture like our society, which is so locked in today. And if you look at the three lives in the Old Testament, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're hard to pronounce names. These three men, you know, there's stories, young men taken into exile in Daniel chapter three. And in that chapter in verse 1 it says Nebuchadnezzar raised up a statue in the province of Dura very much open to all he raised up a statue asking everybody to worship in America there have been idols that have been lifted very high where people's eyes have now left the things of God and are looking at these and an idol was lifted up What is an idol? Idolatry is having any false god, any object, idea, philosophy, habit, occupation, sport, or whatever. That is one's primary concern. In the beginning days when I came to America, many things, you know, culturally we see things very different. Because when you arrive in India, you will see things very different there too. Some of my initial expressions, I mean, initial observations about this culture was very startling because... uh, As I kind of drove along the roads, I used to see the storage units, like storage units. What are this for? You have so much of stuff that your basement is full. Now you rent a storage unit and put it there. What do you expect in life if your life is all about this? Stuff and stuff. No wonder hearts are empty. The hearts have lost their passion for the things of God. Because we rent out storage units. And it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Look at the deception of the evil one. How it has taken your mind captive to the idols in the society. Paul says in Corinthians ten fourteen, My beloved, flee from all these things. Remove yourselves from all these things. Deal Moody said once, you don't have to go to heathen lands today to find false gods. America has got a lot of them. Recently, they erected an actual satanic statue somewhere in Detroit, Michigan, right? Oh, you need to want to go to the things of God. And when the invitation was given for this idol worship in Daniel chapter 3, With the sound of the music. Everybody was forced now to bow down to the statue that Nebuchadnezzar had now raised up. And the power of the music. Music has got tremendous power in our culture today. Social media today. And many forms of media today. have actually taken away the relish for the things of God. More people have more time to spend on the social media than with God. God has been relegated. If people lose their iPhones or cell phones, smartphones today, they literally have withdrawal symptoms, their hands shake. They've been attached to all these things. Right? You know, you're in that bondage too. Or you want to say, nod, I need you. Whatever is happening to my life? Why am I not close to you? Why am I not feeling the things of God? Why am I not walking in the, in the spirit of God? Why is my life like this? Are you asking those questions? If you do, you better recognize that you have lost a lot. And unless you come to the presence of God and ask The Holy Spirit, again, to quicken you, to quicken your mortal bodies and take you closer to the hearts of God. Because your heart and my heart is so fashioned by God outside, outside of the presence of God. No matter what you do, no matter what you do, you will be a disappointed human being. You will have no peace, no joy, no victory. And to that great music, they were all pulled to worship. Many succumbed to worshiping this God as Nebuchadnezzar raised it. But in verse 18, from verse 8 to 15, it says, the detractors came to the king and said, but we have found some Jews, they're refusing to worship. Who are they? Oh, we know that three young men here were refusing to worship. Really? Who are they? The king pulls them. This is the most powerful lines in Daniel chapter 3. These three young men tell King, Oh, King, we will not bow down to this. You know why? We don't have a mere opinion about the God we worship or a preference. We have convictions. That are so deep, we don't care whatever punishment you're going to give to us. But we refuse to bow down to this idol that you have erected. What is a conviction? Are you a Christian who has deep convictions? Or are you a Christian who only has mere opinions and preferences in life? A conviction is different to an opinion. We have a lot of Christians who got too many opinions on theologies. Very few who are convicted deep by the Spirit of God. We fight over preferences and options. But the Spirit of God is left out. A conviction is that which is rooted in your soul. It is in your conscience. And to change a conviction will involve a changing of who you are as a person. I'm racing fast because Stalin during the times of Russia's communism had a saying to his KGB officers. He would say to them when they went on the secret reading of the, of the, of the Christian places. They would say, you know, these are not called as Christians or church goers. Stalin would tell his police, secret police. They're called as believers. They're not called as Christians or churchgoers. They're called as believers because they believe in something. And it's very hard to evict that belief out of their souls. That is why they're willing to give their lives for anything. The three young men were now thrown. The king became furious. And he increased the furnace heat to seven times. What do you do when the pressure is now increased multiple times? They said, we could care less. Are you like the Shedrach and Meshach and Abednego? Who can say boldly, even if God doesn't deliver me. That's very important. Even if God doesn't answer my prayers. I refuse to bow down to these things. What could have given that heart a conviction? The spirit of God alone. You cannot take such drastic stand for God without the spirit of God strengthening you, your inner man. They said, we will refuse to bow to you even if our God doesn't help us. Then they were thrown. And you know the story. The fourth man appeared in the furnace. The Lord Jesus Christ will grant his presence to those hearts which are willing, willing to even say, I don't care. Whatever be the cost to my life, I refuse the things of this world. I want the things of God. I want the Spirit of God. That's why Paul, in Romans chapter 8, was bold enough when he said, I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, powers, height, depth, nor any created thing, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. A life so drawn to the heart of Christ Jesus can only come by the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot have it any other way. You want victory, you want deliverance, you want to be lifted from the life in which you're living. Ask For the spirit of God. To take over you. To fill you. To lead you. To guide you. To take you close to the heart of God. Don't run away. From the things of God. And from the spirit of God. You need this beautiful. Powerful. Third person. Of the Trinity. The dear. Holy spirit of God. May the spirit of God. Lead you, guide you, connect you, draw you to his very own heart. And then you will see your life take on a different dimension. May God bless this. Thank you.